This was my idea. Yep. I'm taking full credit for this as an icebreaker because I don't give a shit. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so Christopher, have you ever heard of the website? I guess it's like a website, video game review website or something like that called One Angry Gamer. Yes, I am very familiar with this fuckstick. Okay. So we don't exactly know who he is, but he has compiled a list called Traitors of America. Yep. And the reason I even knew about this is because I was watching uh, Matthew Watson from Super Mega was doing a stream, a charity stream. They raised $76,000 in one night for the color People of Color uh, Foundation. And they were going through and they were pretty fucking upset because their names weren't on it. So it's a list of corporations, the first list. It used to be a smaller list where it was just all thrown together. But now the person has compiled it into two lists, one which is corporations and brands, and the other ones which is, let me see what it is. I think it's like celebrities and e-celebrities. But the first list is just, okay, yeah, celebs and e-celebs. So this guy, this person, has gone through and made a list of every corporation, brand, celebrity, and e-celebrity. And has posted that they are a traitor because they are supporting the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, Okay, that's fine. It's not fine. But what gets me the most on these are the snarky little comments he throws in every once in a while. Mm -hmm. One specifically, I don't know so much about the brands, but on the e-celebs, let me see if I, it's uh, Young Ye. Young yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, young yeah. He does. He specifically said ten minute content creator. Wouldn't did not call him a YouTuber. Uh, Will Wheaton being told to shut up since nineteen eighty eight. The Rock used to be the most electrifying man in entertainment. Yep. And the one that got me the most. Let me find him. Let me find it. Uh, Sungwon, where is he at? There. Oh, it is. he's on one eighty three. Yeah, Pro ZD. If you guys know him by his tag mm-hmm. actor who hasn't been in any major movies like what the fuck man <laughs> he's the voice of vasaraga in fucking uh the english dub for grand blue fantasy versus apparently like, a, that's not a that's not that's a, a major movie a major, chris it's, it's a major fighting game like he's whatever you said pro zd right yeah pro zd yeah so no that He's a voice actor. He's not going to be in any major movie. He's going to be in fucking he, video, whatever. And he could have he could have easily put voice actor, but he did not. Uh, uh it's uh Sonic Fox, worst human being on the face of the planet. <laughs> Furry trader. Uh, uh there, there's even these like you'll get you know you have full trader. Some of these are like Scott Wozniak, flimsy trader. Uh some people are on probation. PewDiePie probation. I, I love like, how they put uh, Max Max on probation, and he's just like, "What? Fuck that!" Yeah, he's like, "I don't want to be on probation." And he responded. One angry yeah. gamer responded. He's just like, "Look, all you got to do is get the facts right, and then you'll get off of probation." He's like, "No, motherfucker, I'm a goddamn traitor." What are you talking exactly. about? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So look, I know we're not big at all we're not e-celebs i don't consider us that but i am 100 thinking of messaging this guy and being like look i'm offended that i'm not on this fucking list 
And, he's gonna tell uh, you to kick rocks. He will. He'll be like, you're not like. He'll be just be like, you're not good enough to be on this list. But the what's beautiful about this is this guy has just compiled a list of people I want to fully fucking endorse and just be a part of. Pause. All that shit. Pause. Because Randy Pitchford's on this list. Wait, yeah, let me see. Because he says something <laughs> specific about Randy Pitchford. Uh, financial magician. <laughs> I love it. Let me rephrase what I said. I'm going to re- redact it. Uh, mm-hmm. A majority of people I would endorse. That's <laughs> better. Because Joel Osteen's on this list, too. Although he's only on probation. Mm. Matt Muscles is on here. Wait, did he put Pat Stairs at? No. No. And Pat got so mad. Oh, yeah, because everyone's like, Joe, imagine Pat getting on this list before Wooly. <laughs> He's going to beat Wooly to fighting games and the Traders of America list. <laughs> like, here, all right, I'm going to get up on my conspiracy soapbox again. Okay. Uh, after seeing this uh, website, though, and seeing how shitty of a person this guy is, my conspiracy falls apart a lot. But I would love it if this guy was specifically doing this, like, instead of, like, actually being like, oh, these are traitors of America, but he's just doing that as a facade to be like, instead of being like, look at all these good people that are supporting the Black Lives Matter because white supremacists and assholes aren't going to look at a list like that. They're going to look at a list like this where they can see all of the traitors and they can see how many people actually, you know, are good in the world. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's going to change. And I... Like I said, my conspiracy completely falls apart now that I look at this guy's website. Oh, dude. Like, you think this is the first thing that he's posted about that's off the fucking wall? This is just, like, peak entertainment. This is just great. All right? This is just hilarious. That's what this is. Um, I will make sure to tweet this episode to him. I'm going to do everything in my power to get on this fucking list. I want (laughs) – I have never – I sent a message to you. At like two in the morning, and I said I have never wanted to. I have never so fucking wanted to be on a list so badly. This is great. You should go check the uh, listeners should go check out oneangrygamer.net uh, slash on. traders of America. No, go check out the Reddit post that has the list of all the names. Cause fuck this guy and his website. Don't give him the goddamn traffic. There you go. That's probably a little bit better. We just brought it up. What? Oh, fuck you, dude. He put Foo Fighters, There Goes My Hero. <laughs> dude, fuck you. You piece of shit. I, I mean, it, that's the perfect line for it, though. You can't say it's not the perfect line. <laughs> yeah. This one says Bunny. I don't even know who the hell this is. Bunny is one. <laughs> Bunny is No, that's one, what he said. Well, do you know who Bunny is? No. Okay, yeah. Bunny is one of the lead vocalists for... Uh, steam-powered giraffes or some shit like that. They're ah, kind of like okay. some acapella group. I was going to... Feel free to edit this out. Sure. But uh, did you see what happened with Mike Z, with the creator of Skullgirls? No. What? Oh, he made a a, an, a very untimely joke. Uh, so uh, they were doing... I, I believe the Skullgirls Evo stuff has started for Skullgirls. Okay. And uh, they were, it was him, I don't know the uh, the other person, and then there was the Purple Sharpie. She's huge into, you know, fighting games and a very good Skullgirls skull player. And she's African-American as well. 
uh, one of the people that were the two people that were fighting against each other. One person was just getting decimated. And someone was like, oh, man, this is just like suffocation. This is ridiculous. Like, this is crazy. They're going to have to do something big to get out of this. And Mike Z goes, "Will you, could you even go as far as saying they can't breathe? And then, dude, that was the most awkward 10 seconds. Because it was on Twitch. And the stream chat just goes, Mike, no. <laughs> like, and he even like he a couple minutes later he was he apologized and was like I didn't mean that as like you know making fun of the movement I was bringing attention to the movement and uh, Sharpie shut goes up. Shut Sharpie up. goes back and like yo this dude's getting fucked in Skullgirls right now <laughs> <laughs> like dude no he came out with a he made a there's that website Twit Longer where you can make like a huge post yes. and all that shit he came out with a full apology and he didn't mean to say that all that shit but. I don't care. He's like, I'm not good at public speaking. I'm like, dude, don't commentate on a fucking Evo thing then if you're not good at public speaking. <laughs> it's like Mike Z, no. <laughs> oh, Look, man, that's all. It, it is what it is. You, you shouldn't have fucking say it, said it. You owned it. Look, yep. I... Learn from the experience and be a better person. Uh, okay. It was real bad. You should go check it out. <laughs> it's clipped to fu- it was on it was on YouTube within like four minutes. <laughs> I mean, he posted it. He no, posted the it clip himself. was on YouTube within four minutes. <laughs> oh yeah, that. I mean, he he did himself a favor and posted the link to the clip where he said the bad thing. Uh, yeah, on his twit longer. I mean. Just it's like I was watching an episode of that '70s show, and Red like Red's in trouble with Kitty, and he says something. He goes, "Oh, if she, they forgot his her birthday," and uh, he goes, "Well, it's your job to mark the calendar." And Eric goes, "Oh, Dad, no." <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I just imagine, just like no, no. That's that's a terrible. Oh man, that's a bad. Well, should we move on? Should we segment into weeks? Yeah, let's hit weeks. All right. Uh, first things first. I believe this is going to cover a little bit of both of our weeks, but the new Run the Gems album came out. Oh! Not the Gems, Jewels. Oh! Thank you for correcting Run. yourself. <laughs> Run the Jewels, excuse me. I've been playing a lot of Sonic games lately, so uh. Gems, Jewels, all that shit gets... No, that's what it is. I've been playing a lot of Shovel Knight lately, so yeah. But Run, Run the, the Jewels... Gems. Uh, that new album came out. If people don't know who that is, uh, I only know Killer Mike. Who's the other rapper? LP. 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 LP that is... album fucking slams. It's. So I've been a fan of Run the Jewels since about 2016, 2017, when I really started digging deep into the stuff that Killer Mike and LP has done. Uh, I've Killer Mike has some of the craziest bars. I have ever heard come out of a person. One, he it's he been, was the understudy for um, Big Boy in uh, what's that group called? Outcast. Yeah. Um, LP, on the other hand, has always been a very well-known underground rapper, or not underground gotcha. rapper, underground producer. Has produced some of the most prolific 
uh, albums of the early 2000s. He's the one that got um, Aesop Rock uh, out into the open. He he brought clout to him. Uh, his first, not his first album, but his most recent album before he started doing Run the Jewels, Cancer for Cure, is one of the sickest productions that I've ever heard on any record. And just to have the two of them together for like the last almost 10 years. Four albums at least. Nothing but a fucking joy. Because the lyrical content, like Killer Mike is so direct in your face. He will eviscerate you verbally. I mean, so much that it's your Discord status now. Oh, dude, it is so nasty. He is so sick. And LP, like, while he's he's a little bit more subtle, but his bars are so cryptic. So, mm-hmm. like, you have to, like, actually read the things that he's saying. And you're sitting there and, like, this man's a fucking genius. Mm-hmm. But he comes up with all his beats. All his beats are original. Uh, it's – that album is Dude, insane. Uh, when Absolutely you, when, insane. When you uh, – what did you, you – you shared it on Facebook. It was one of Killer Mike's uh, posts, and it's a clip of one of his uh, uh, bars, not his bars, but one of his uh, lyrics from uh, Walking in the Snow. Yeah. And I went, holy shit, I have, I need, I started looking, I was like, I need to know the song, I need to, and I started getting into, dude, that album, and what's great is, so if you want to, if listeners want to check it out, it's completely free. Yep. You can go and da- on st- it's on streaming platforms. You can buy it, download it for free. Not a physical version, but if you donate or if you put any money towards it, all the money goes towards the uh, mass defense program. So all proceeds will go to that. Uh, I have already given like the max amount. I believe is like five bucks that you can give for the album. I've already given that, and I'm about to probably uh, get some of this uh, physical merch that is coming out later in the year for the album. Like the vinyl and all that shit. The vinyl pre-order, um, it's not expensive. It's it's about fifty bucks. Yeah. Uh, but it's the four LP. Um, so yep. it's like that high quality, uh, press. You, yeah, you you get the gold ones and you get the pink ones too. Mm-hmm. I think I got the gold ones. I don't remember which one, but I I, want, I, I pre-ordered I that shit when too. it came out. Yeah, I think yeah. I got the the package that came with all that shit. Um, that, that first, that lead song, Yankee and the Brave hits so fucking hard. It's really, really good. Uh, I need to go back and check some of their other music, but this album came out on Thursday. It was supposed to come out yesterday. It came out on Wednesday, I think. And it came out two days early. I think on Wednesday it was number one album on iTunes. Yep. This album's fucking sick, dude. <laughs> like it's, it's dumb, so good. It's so good. Like I'm listening ridiculous. to it the whole time. I'm freak. Like I'm playing "Walking in the Snow," and I got some pretty good stock bass on my Avenger. And I'm just driving through fucking Redneckville with the car going. Bah, bah, bah. I don't turn the music down when I get to a red light. Like I'm just. I don't care. Like it's my music. Mm-hmm. And people are just like looking. I'm like I don't fucking care. <laughs> So that shit's, but yeah. that shit's normal where I'm from, but no, that shit's right, right. Uh, other stuff I've been the nights I have been streaming. I've been streaming Shovel Knight. Uh, Shovel Knight has four campaigns with it. We got through the base game, which was Shovel of Hope. I beat that Monday night, and then 
Tuesday night, we played Plague of Shadows. Okay. And uh, <laughs> that game, that Plague of Shadows is so fucking hard, man. Like, it's super fucking hard. It's so, it's it's the hardest out of all of them, I believe, is what it's been saying. What's the big difference between Plague Knight and the rest of the, uh, or just go with Shovel Knight, because that's the one that you most recently played. The Plague Knight, it's the mechanics of how Plague Knight moves. Okay. He's very aerial and, like, bouncing in the air and stuff like that because of his bombs. You even have a charge, like a Mega Man charge up that you blast a bomb and you can do an extra jump. Hmm. And then while you're in the air, if you throw bombs, it makes your... You slow down while you're falling. And you can also, instead of just, like, stopping while you start throwing the bombs, you're still getting some, like, horizontal momentum. So, like, if you just spam the bomb throw button, you can make a jump that you would normally, like, not make. But it's just crazy because, like, it's so unpredictable sometimes. Like, once you got, like, really get down to the game. But there was, uh, like, uh, what was it, Treasure Night stage. I was on that stage for half an hour. Because I would just like I'm also crazy and like I was like I don't need these fucking save points. I'm a big dick G, so I'm gonna not use these save points because you can this, the checkpoints you can destroy them if you don't want to use them. Oh yeah, yeah, no, I know and, that. And they give you they give you gold. Yeah, they give you shit. They give you um, an amount of gold gold equal to the how the difficulty of the next area is about to be. So if you see if you break it open and you get like a big jewel and then like a bunch of little like little bitty jewels, oh this next part's not gonna be that hard. But if you break it open and it's a shit ton of like pink jewels, you're like, ah shit. This next part's gonna be real hard. I better one shot this. But man, it's but I I love it. Like that that game it's one of the first games. I don't think I kickstarted it. I think I missed the Kickstarter when it first came out, but I supported it right afterwards. And it's one of the best games to ever come out of a Kickstarter campaign. Yeah. Like, it's so good. I plan on, because I want to finish all the campaigns. We have to, I got halfway through the Plague Knight. We need to do Spectre of Torment, which if I remember right, I played Spectre of Torment and I felt like it was really short. It was very quick. And then uh, I haven't touched anything with King Knight yet. The King of Cards. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be interesting. But, uh been doing that also i i probably had said on a recent podcast or all that that i had built an arcade in animal crossing yes and i saw an arcade recently on animal crossing that put my shit to shame so i got to go back to the drawing board and work on it but it's also got me in the mood that i want a candy cab really really bad because the candy the the arcade cabinets that are in animal crossing are Candy cabs. Candy cab. They're candy cabs. They're different colored candy cabs. So I've been talking to Kusanagi in the in the Discord server and all that, and we're he's like I'm either looking for a Blast City, an Astro City, or an Atomus Wave, and uh, I'd like to pay around eight hundred to maybe a thousand dollars for it, depending on the condition of it. I want two players. I want to have six buttons, maybe five. I think there's five and six buttons for two players. But even Kusanagi said, like, the control panels can be switched out pretty easily. Mm. So I've been looking at that. We've been finding some. Some of them are like, well, this it doesn't have this. But I, I've, I've realized in this situation that I'm not going to compromise. Like, if I'm going to drop the money on something like this, I want to find the exact one that I want. Right. I'm willing to travel for it. I mean, shit. Like, I saw, a candy, I saw someone buy a, a Blast City, and it fit in their little, like, fucking hatchback vehicle that they had. So I know it could probably fit in my fucking SUV. So I could tell you, I'd take a road trip because mm -hmm. I'm not paying another. I'm not paying double the price for shipping. Right. 
So, I mean, he said there was a nice one up in like North Carolina in that area. Uh, I need to get, I never got pictures of it. So I need to reach out and get pictures of it. So we'll see. But yeah, I still got the arcade cabinet, the, the big, uh, what was it? The big Atari showcase that I had bought. Still working on that, trying to, it's just like a project that's off to the side. What but more like, do you have to do to it? I still just got to clean up the outsides. I've, I've installed the TV, uh, and I just got to do the retro pie, and then I'm buying like cosmetic like on the outside. I want to sand everything down, maybe repaint it, and get some new T-molding to go all the way around it. Yeah. And it's just fucking huge. It won't fit anywhere in my office. It's too fucking big. Where are you <laughs> like, going to put it? I mean, it's just going to stay in the woodwork working shop right now. I can't do anything else with it. I have nowhere else to put it. Okay. Like, might maybe put it, like, I, that might be the one that I let, like, the net, like, Hallie's nephews and stuff and come over and play and fuck with. Because I don't care if they fuck it up. Mm. But, like, the candy cab is going to be like, don't fucking touch that thing. That's mine. <laughs> it's so, my toy. Yeah, that's mine. You leave that alone. Uh, besides that, we got our fourth cat this week. My uh, co-worker posted on Facebook that she had found a little orange kitten. Uh, and I, I sent it to Hallie. We'd been talking about wanting to get, I want to, I want an orange. I got the orange one. So we have, we have Pixel who is K- named the, the, the trash goblin, or we also call her roadkill. Cause she'll just lay in the middle of the floor and look like she's been hit by a car. Uh, we have Zelda, and she's like a, a, like a, not a calico, but like a, a tabby. Okay. And we have Zelda. My wife has named her Zelda the Beautiful. She's some kind of like Siamese. She's, she's like a pin. I don't know. She's Siamese as fuck. And she's loud as shit and yells at you when you don't pet her. And she's the long haired one. So she sheds like everywhere. Okay. And then we have Leroy, which is our black cat that we adopted. She's named him Leroy, the Prince of Darkness because he has fucking, his fangs are too big for his fucking mouth. So they come out like vampire fangs. And nice. now we have an orange kitten that we have named Mac Mittens. Because we were watching the Dave Chappelle stand up where he's talking about having his buddy from the street Mac Mittens in every meeting that he has. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, that's what we're naming our next fucking cat. And that dude, Mac Mittens runs the fucking house now. Like this cat, this cat is big enough to hold in your hand. And he w- walks around and doesn't give a fuck about these other... The, the other three cats hate, hate him right now. They're getting used to him, but they're hissing and, like, all that stuff. And Mac Mins don't give a fuck. He runs through and, he like, if he wants food, he goes and eats food. He doesn't give a shit. He's got so much fucking energy, dude. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, do, do you... Is he, like, a Bengal or is he just, like, some fucking... Just a regular orange cat. Okay. He's a mutt. So... And what's funny is, like, we know he's going to be pretty big because his paws are already too big for his body. So he has mm-hmm. comically large feet, which is great for his name. And he fucking trips over them because, like, he's, his feet are too big. So it's fucking hilarious. But, no, he's already spoiled. I've been putting shit on Twitter and Instagram and all that shit about him. So, But that, that picture that I showed you of him screaming on my shoulder, like, I had to drive 40 minutes to go get him, and he's just, like, chilling on my shoulder the entire time. He wouldn't get in the pet carrier. So okay. We don't fuck with Mac Mittens. Mac Mittens runs the house now. So, he, so he's the man of the house. You you his bitch. That's fine. Mac Mittens is a cold motherfucker. So. <laughs> All right, uh, then. 
And uh, on the note of uh, the stuff we've been talking about with our opener and all that stuff, me and my wife, we attended a peaceful protest here where we live today. Uh, it was only the the city would only allot the organization an hour for a protest, but it was very peaceful. We took all the major precautions, uh, so much to where I even reached out to friends in groups and in the Discord server to say, like, if I don't, if you don't hear from me by a certain amount of time, you know, shit might have gone south and all that stuff. But luckily, it was a very peaceful protest. There was a lot more people than I thought were going to be. There was at least like 200 people out there. And that's pretty big for this little town that I live in. And it made me, it gave me a little bit more faith, like just in this town. There's still a lot more people that didn't come out, but it felt good to be out there and have some sort of up. representation. Exactly, exactly. Like, we made signs, and we brought cases of water. I was like, man, I don't know if there's going to be enough water, so I brought two cases of water. I go out there. There's motherfuckers with, like, 12 and 14 cases of water in coolers. They're like, you need some water? I was like, no, actually, I'm bringing water to you guys to give out to people, so here you go. Like, there were people that made Black Lives Matter signs, and were like, it looked like it was like a t-shirt press company, and mm-hmm. they were just going out, and people were like, well, how much are they? They're like, no, they're free. Take one if you want one. Like, it was super dope to see it. There were tons of people out there. But I do, like, we got lucky and got underneath a tree, but there were some motherfuckers out there in full, like, all black clothing, and it was, like, 95 today. So, in Arkansas's humidity. So, it was fucking hot, dude, but it was nice to go out to one. Uh, I believe they're going to be doing more, and we'll be out there. I'm going to be out there every time. Good. So I and I don't want it to sound like, oh, he feels better because he's done something. I do feel better, but I also understand that the shit doesn't stop here. Like we got to keep going. So that's all I did for my week. Okay. Um, Last week, picking up from where I left off last week, we had talked about getting challenged and pushed to play some DBFZ, some Dragon Ball oh, Fighter Z, uh, and really get a feel for that game. Uh, at first, I didn't like it, and uh, now um, I really, really don't like it. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I, I got my ass. To go that way. I got oh, my ass. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't feel good, does it, Chris? <laughs> it's 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 not. You know, I can take an ass whooping. All right. I can I can know when I'm bad at a game and like but the difference is I don't understand how Dragon Ball Fighter Z operates. Uh it's not a it's not a common fighting game. So, when I think of fighting game theory, I'm thinking uh the rock paper scissors option. So your strikes beats out grabs, grabs beats out blocks, blocks beat out punches. Okay? That's how that shit operates. Uh, There is a fucking method or uh, theory when it comes to super dashes or beams or or energy beams. Um, And the thing is, is that, and I don't know if I brought it up here. But this is the same conversation that I had with my with my friends. It's like playing Dragon Ball Fighter Z 
it's less about the depth of the character and more about the structure of the team that you're using. So you have your point, okay. your mid, and your anchor. Uh, you can have as many anchors on your team as you want. And when we talk about anchors, we're talking about characters that have good neutral play, uh, good solo play, um, doesn't necessarily need uh, or can have good assists, but you want that that one character to be like the last one that you throw out there. So typical anchors that you see is Trunks, is Future Trunks, is uh, uh, Son Goku when he's in GT. Um, we have Brawly when he like OG Brawly, not Dragon Ball Super Brawly. Mm. Uh, base Goku, like those are those are your anchors all around our characters. And you have your mids that can kind of do one or the other. Um, you have Yamcha, you have uh, old like Super Saiyan Blue Goku and Vegeta. Um, you have fucking Ultra Instinct Goku. Like those are your mids. Like they have okay assists. Um, they can do fairly well on their own. And then you have your point. And your point, you only want to have a maximum of one, but they're very, very fast. They can get in, but they need assists to help them out. Like the only way that they're going to get their combos to pop off is if you're using good assists. And right. that's your base Vegeta. That's your uh, team Gohan. That's uh, a lot of your your fast characters, more or less. Um, I I still don't understand it. I still don't understand it because pretty much each character has one to three combo strings that anybody's going to use. You have your bread and butter, you have your corner attacks, and then you have your aerial. And those are the only things that you use. And it sounds simple, but the game itself is actually very, very complex when it comes to the team structure and the inner theory and the inner mechanics of how certain moves and certain attacks work and i don't get it i'm just i'm just dbfz stupid right i played 50 matches in the last week i won one of them ew only one you, you fucking when I, suck <laughs> when i talk about how garbage i am i am trash did i ever tell you about when marvel's capcom 3 first came out and we were going to a tournament the next day and me and my buddy we played 84 matches and i won three one of them oh. was because i made i made him play one-handed <laughs> oh i'm bad at fighting games <laughs> like i'm really bad it's the most like i love it so much and i love the like i love going to fighting game tournaments i'm fucking hot garbage at all of them and i don't want to be good at them like i don't want to be like i want to be the best at this game like i don't care <laughs> I'm the hype man. I'm the guy in the back. Like I can commentate. There's a there's a video that Happy Dude shared with me, and it was this YouTube commentator who uh, who had an article about Magic: The Gathering, but he translated it to like fighting game terms, and he's like, "You have your Timmy, your Jimmy, and your Johnny, or your Spike, or whatever. Uh, your Timmies are like." people who love the everything that the FGC is and he wants to play big characters but he'll lose 9 Never out of 10 not. matches mm -hmm. but that one match is 
makes everything like everything keeps it in perspective keeps yeah. it in perspective like as long as he won one match the way that he wanted to he's absolutely happy like he's the guy that brings burgers to the tournaments he's the one that's always like hyping people up and shit like that and that's you need Timmy. those people yeah those no, people are vital and important those are those are the kids that like barely ever comes out of pools but it's fine because they're the lifeblood of the tourney because they'll do the one to two rounds or they'll do their five rounds in pools and then it's off to friendlies, and that's all they do. Or they'll be, and they'll be like the people that are still in the pools. Be like, "What you need, man? Like, I'll go get you like a drink or something like that." They're the runners, is what they're what they are. Right, 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 right. Uh, I I am not that. I, I am. <laughs> I I am not that. I'm like a cross between a uh, a Johnny and a Spike or whatever the the two like. The Johnny is the person's like always labbing. And trying to find cool ways to win and pop mm-hmm. off on people. Whereas the spikes are the people who are like reading frame data and learning the bread and butter combos and what the meta is. I am mm-hmm. like a combination of those two because it, it's about the competition and I want to win. And I can't fucking win at DBFZ. <laughs> I just suck. I can't fucking do it. It's just literally, it's well, not my welcome game. Welcome to the Timmy Club. <laughs> I'm just like, oh. You're the Timmy of DB of Dragon Ball Fighter Z. <laughs> I don't want to be. You're 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 not, you're the Johnny or the Spike of all the other ones. You can't be good at all of them. But it's like all my friends from high school cuz we all we all started getting back together and started playing fighting games. But they all play Dragon Ball Fighter Z. And that was like the only fighting game that I just never touched. Well, you and gotta lab I'm, up. I'm I'm trying to lab up, and I I I do the strings, and they look good. And when it's time to apply them, it's like fucking garbage, absolute trash. But you know what? That's just a reflection of me, and it's okay <laughs> because they turn around and just like, "Hey, let's play Guilty Gear," and I'm like, "Oh, you don't want oh, to." Oh, because they man. get because they think their dicks are big now. Yeah, they beat the. <laughs> Because they, they beat me because, like, you know, they, I, I tell them a little bit about what I do, what, what I mainly focus on. It's like, oh, let's play some Guilty Gear. Let's, I'll make you feel better. You could, you could play me in some Guilty Gear. I'm like, I don't think you want to do that, sir. And so we played Guilty Gear, and 20 matches later, Soul Bad Guy just perfecting motherfuckers. Got banned. <laughs> oh, d- I went from Soul, and I started feeling bad, and so I switched to Milia. <laughs> And my Millie is not, not that better. strong. My oh, Millie okay. is honestly not that strong. Um, like, they, they got some matches off me, and that's okay. And then I switched to Chip because, fuck it. I mean, I haven't played Chip since 2008. But I start playing Chip, and oh my god. Is that motherfucker nasty? Like, he's, yeah. not, he's not super good in, in Exard. Uh, but he's still pretty fucking good. And it was just the same thing as Soul. Like, Don't I you know talk about Soul. our president. <laughs> I know Soul like the back of my hand, and it was just perfect reads one after another, one after another, knowing exactly what the fuck they're going to do. But Chip was a lot more fun because I was exploring the character as I was beating their ass, and there was nothing more satisfying than that. So, uh, Chris likes to beat up on helpless people. That you've heard it here first. Uh. They had their fun. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> they had their fun. They know what it was what they were getting themselves into. Uh, 
Today, I was actually planning on continuing to do a lot of Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. Yeah. Uh, however, Kiki came over for the first time in fucking months. I actually had uh, people you over ain't, my house. You ain't getting shit done when Kiki comes over. No, so she's just all about, yo, let's play fighting games. And I'm like, let's play fighting games. Uh, we played like let's a play bunch Dragon of Dragon Ball Fighter Z. <laughs> no, we play, we went a little bit more old school. Uh, she has a hard on for rival schools. So we've been playing a lot of rival schools. Didn't expect uh, that, but okay. Well, it's what we first played at Magfest, and that's what that's what I taught her how to play fighting games on. So she's uh, just like, I know this game, I love this game, let's fucking do it. So we're playing a little bit of rival schools. She apparently played uh Urguys way back in the day. Uh you know what Urguys is. You probably just don't right. know the name. It's the fighting game that has Cloud, Sephiroth, Tifa, and God Hand in it. It's the arena fighter. It's the really shitty arena fighter. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I know yeah, what you're talking no. about. Yeah, no. So she played that shit. She's actually not that bad. Like, I had to cheese dick that game in order to win because it's an arena fighter. So I just run around in circles so I could build my momentum. And then I do a sliding kick whenever she's trying to pop off her combo. And she just falls to the floor. And then I run away again and I go to a circle. Jeez. Game's, game's awful. Uh, no. Cheese <laughs> no, we've just been playing a lot of stupid fighting games. A dumb Inuyasha fighting game where she got all excited because she wanted to play some weeb shit and realized it was trash. Uh, yeah, it's awful. But my main focus outside of getting that god-awful podcast out last week, sorry about that, <laughs> um, with Look, Xenoblade you, Chronicles. Go ahead. You made some shit work with that, like because I, I heard the audio originally, and it was bad. It was real bad. But no, my main focus outside of all that was Xenoblade Chronicles DX. Uh, I thought I couldn't fall in love with a game more than I did the original. I was wrong. They made that, they cleaned that game up real well. It looks that great. That got a Switch, right? It's out on the Switch. Physical. Uh, physical. Came out on the Switch. I got the collector's edition. I got the big box thing with the art book and whatever. Right, right. Um, the game is gorgeous. There's, there's nothing else I can say. The only way that you can make that game look better is by emulating it on like a high-end PC. Because... I love how your favorite, uh, your favorite quote unquote JRPG, isn't is it, that game is made from a British company, right? Like a British game developer. I don't know if they're British, um, but it's the like voice in Europe, actors. Right? I think the voice actors are from Australia. Let me see who. Let me see the developers of the developer is Monolith Um, I mean they're known for Xenoblade, right? I have to see where they're... I don't know. Their headquarters are in Tokyo, Japan. So... <laughs> yeah. Like, I, so never mind. The, the voice acting, however, was... And even for the uh, the second one, um, not Xenoblade Chronicles X, but Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Um, right. The majority the of the... Yeah. Not the Wii U. The Switch one. Xenoblade Chronicles 2 was on the Wii U. That's the one you're talking about, Xenoblade right? Chronicles 2 was on the Switch. Xenoblade Chronicles X was on the Wii. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Which that's also a gorgeous fucking game. It just needed a hundred gigabyte download in order to make it look pretty. Um Damn. yeah, that that shit was great. You need an external hard drive in order to play that game at max settings. And it's gorgeous. It's absolutely beautiful. Um 
But no, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles is absolutely fantastic. I talked about the quality of life changes that they made to it. Uh, it helps. They added the expert mode. Again, I talked about that last week. Um, it's just an extra thing to it that they that you know helps weaker players, I guess you can say. Um, no, the that game story is fantastic. That's all I really can say about it. It, it looks great. It plays great. Uh, I even think that you would like it. I think that you should go play Xenoblade. What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> I feel like you don't like a lot of the same games that I play. When I talk about like old niche RPGs, I feel like True. what I say goes like not over the head, but it's just like that's just way too deep. I play action games. I play platinum games. I play platformers. I play fucking. I play JRPGs that I've played forty thousand times before because I know they're right. Good. And I think I don't want to. I don't want to waste the time on a bad JRPG. This is not a bad JRPG. It's really. I mean, I've always good. heard this is good, even when the Wii version was like a hundred and something dollars and super hard to find. Like people always told me how good of a game it was. But mm -hmm. I even bought the DS version. And I was playing that on, like, flights and stuff like that. But I just – I got to be in a certain mindset to sit down and play an, R an RPG. Okay. And that mindset doesn't come up a lot. I can't promote this fucking game enough. I can't talk about this game enough outside of being a dead fucking horse. Because I've I've played and beaten the game, like, three, four times over. And playing it on the, the Switch, it just – anything that I've said previously, just a hundred times over. That much better. That's really all I did with my week. I think I feel like I get a lot of whenever I look at Xenoblade Chronicles, I get a lot of PSO vibes from it. Like PSO. just looking at like Fantasy Star online. In what way are you talking about setting or are you talking about? I'm, I'm looking more system? like like character design and stuff like that a little bit. Like, I'm just looking at some screenshots right now. It just looks like... If I if I were to see a screenshot of that, I would, like... And didn't know about Xenoblade Chronicles, I might be like, oh, that looks like Fantasy Star. Or something like that. Maybe I'm crazy. It's possible. Fan <laughs> Fantasy Star Universe, I can kind of see the argument for. Um, sure. The, the combat system's nothing like it. Uh, I would say that it plays a little bit more like one of those, not an old school MMO, but like an MMO um, from like five, ten years ago. Everything is auto combat. And the only thing that you control is movement and special skills. But it's those special skills that bring in the strategy. Because most of your combat's going to revolve around toppling the enemy. And there's certain steps that everybody has to take in order to topple the enemy. And it's a lot of reading what the what your AI partners are going to do. Um, so you kind of like force them in a position where, hey, I'm going to break this guy or I'm going to put him in a status effect, which is going to allow you to topple him over. And once he's toppled over, we can start doing piercing damage. It completely negates defense. That so sounds like uh, how they redid the or they how they did the combat for the uh, Final Fantasy VII remake. A little bit, 
It's a little bit like that. Like where you're trying to stagger an enemy so that they can get into the staggered effect and you start doing more damage. It's a little bit like that. It's a little bit more strategic. Where in Final Fantasy, you just throw magic at a motherfucker. Uh, these guys are more about using certain moves to amp to boost other moves that will make it more effective against them. Gotcha. I might pick it up and check it out then. That's one of those games that I don't think will ever like drop in price from their initial like. Yeah. Um, it's not I, like uh, what is it that I just saw? Resident Evil Three Remake has already dropped to forty bucks at some places. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, I haven't seen it drop below 50. I know that the DLC that had come out for it, that went down to 40. But again, that's a two, three-year-old game. Yeah. Um, and Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition is at least 80 hours. It's a long Jesus fucking Christ. game. It's a long that's a, game. It's a, that's a hell of a stream game, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let you talk more about Guilty Gear with our first news article. That's fine. So, uh, in the past, we've always heard how developers are saying, oh, yeah, we're here from you. We're here from you. We want to hear from you. We want to hear your feedback. Uh, Arc System Works put their money where their mouth was and put out a survey and had everyone submit the survey. And now about... Two months later, maybe a month, two months later, we now have the first developer's backyard entry where they start talking about what they learned, what they, you know, found out people liked, what they didn't like about the the closed beta. Uh, I don't know if you checked it out. Me and uh, TJ got in the closed beta. Okay. Um, I did not. My thoughts on it, um, combat was very good, but that lobby is just shit. Yeah, I remember um, you saying that. But this coming out is, like, a big deal. So we now get to see, like, what the trends are uh, as far as player base and what people are thinking, what changes they want to see. Jam uh, first, or Japan first, really wants Bridget, sorry. <laughs> we'll get to that. Um the first thing is they have the, the the statement, everyone's favorite fighting game. They say that 95% of survey participants answered that they played Guilty, games, Guilty Gear games before, and 54.1% answered that Guilty Gear is their favorite fighting game franchise. That is a That's... really bad thing to be seeing from a closed beta. Why do you or, say that? So... Guilty Gear Strive is not a continuation of Exard. It right. is kind of like a reboot. Uh, right. Some people are saying that the story got too convoluted. There was too much shit that was going on in the background. Uh, it's too niche. Uh, so they're kind of like doing a soft reboot with their core characters. You know, you have Soul, uh, Kai... Uh, Eddie, Melia, pretty much everyone that was in the first Guilty Gear game. Um, but they're doing this so that they can get more new players to come in. When 95% of your player base has played a Guilty Gear game before and you're trying to appease or draw in a new crowd, that is counterintuitive. 
That yeah, means the new any... crowd won't the new crowd won't jump in. Right. That what that's telling me is that you're making changes and decisions and policy dis, uh, policy changes based on trying to get a new demographic, and that demographic is not showing up for your fighting game. Yeah, it should be like these should actually be opposite. Like it should right. only be fifty four percent have played a Guilty Gear game before, and then like ninety five percent or had a, is their favorite game of the people that have played it before. Yeah, that's it's just not the case. And the thing is, is that Arxis had a massive camp uh, marketing campaign from Evo twenty nineteen all the way up to where we are now. Like they yeah. hit every single fighting game tournament, promoting it, putting out trailers, having uh, soft demos, like, and when people sign up for the closed beta, ninety five percent of your player base has played the game before. Fifty over fifty percent are saying like, "Yo, this is my favorite franchise." That means that everyone that's been playing it is in one way or another just staying within the FGC. Yeah. You're I mean, not it's going... good. It, I, I feel like it's good. Like, yeah, there's a lot of people that like the franchise. Yeah. But you need, no doubt about try, that. If you're trying to bring in that newer demographic that doesn't know anything about it, yeah, you're right. Maybe it's counterintuitive. It's not working out. Uh, next facet, most used character. We have number one sole bad guy at 33%. God, no yeah, shit. Sure. He's he's the Ryu. Uh, Kai Kisuke or Kai Kisuke. He he's is, Ken. he's the Ken at 24.5%. And then May at 14%. Uh, not really surprised at that one either. Um, May May's relatively easy to use. I think she's the only female character in there. So I'm, well, Melia's in there. Melia's not in there. Melia got announced, but she was not a playable character during the beta. Ah, gotcha. Yep. Was beta, beta only up to Axel? Beta was Kai, Soul... May, Axel, Potemkin, and Chip. Six gotcha. characters. Uh, most requested character. Uh, Japan, top three. They're asking for Bridget, Johnny, and Ramethal. Uh, literally everybody else was like, no, nah, fuck that. Give me Biken. <laughs> yeah. Everybody, well, out of all of this, it looks like Johnny's in every single one of them. Johnny is in every single one. Uh... I mean, top Dizzy's there least. too, but in, as far as top three is concerned, Johnny, which I don't understand. I'm not that big of a Johnny fan, but apparently Johnny's everyone cool, seems man. to love Johnny. Johnny was He's, top, wasn't he like top tier in uh, Exard? Arguably the best character in the game. Yeah. Has no unfavorable matchups. Ramlethel, that one, that's, she's from Exard, right? She is a newer character. She's one of the Valentine sisters, uh, which I'm also surprised Ramethil is that high as far as Japan is concerned. I did not like her play style. Um, she was a very much straightforward uh, auto combo character, so to say. Fucking uh, Brett liked to play her when we played Exard. Fuck uh, everybody else that isn't saying bring back Anji Mito. <laughs> yeah, like only in only Japan. Japan at number nine. Like, if I were to have my top 10 of bringing characters back, Biken would be my number one choice. Uh, but I'd be asking for Sin. Anji wasn't in Exerd, so he should be right. in. Right, he, sh he should be brought like, in this one. Uh, 
Biken's still my number one, but Anji's number two. Uh, bring good. back, bring back Sin, bring back Order Soul because I think that shit would be fucking dope. Uh, Jam, fucking Zappa. Yeah, bring back Zappa. Zappa's a cool ass character. Bring back Testament. Like, come yeah, on, Testaments. Testaments in the Asia's uh, Asian and uh, Europe ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, also, wow. bring back Jacko. Jacko is a pretty dope character too. Okay, Slayer. Slayer is in every one of them. Okay. I would be very surprised if Slayer doesn't show up, but, you know, we'll see. What about Cliff? Let's bring Cliff back. <laughs> Fuck Cliff. Cliff has always been useless. Only one of the, Okay, there's two. Okay, Jam's on every one of them, too. Mm-hmm. I like Jam. Jam. Randomberry. But no, Anji Vito would be my number one. Like, yeah, Viking's Anji cool, but Anji didn't come back in Exerd, so... No. An- Anji's my boy. Anji's uh, theme is just really. I always like to. I always like Chips, Anji's, and Vikings themes the most out of mm-hmm. like the older games. Honestly, probably the best song that I've heard out of Guilty Gear is Vikings remix. Uh, I think it's called like uh, Roku Yon or some shit like that. It's pretty much like Sixpence. And it's yeah. the amount of money that you need to cross the river for sticks. But that fucking breakdown is just so fucking dirty. It's so fucking nasty. I don't know. I I'm pretty partial pretty partial to Order Souls theme as well. Oh, yeah. No, that shit's dope. Get down. Wait. <laughs> yeah. Order Souls theme or the matchup against Order Soul and Kai? Keep the flag what, flying. What? No, it's get the only one that says uh, get down, get down in it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's okay. I like it a lot. Uh, here are the va- evaluations for each aspect of Guilty Gear Strive. The battle system was rated roughly a 3.7 out of 5. Character visuals, 4.8. Character animations, 4.7. OST and music, 4.6. Online <laughs> lobby, uh, 1.6. Yep. UI and HUD. 2.5 online matches 2.7 uh pretty much one is very bad five is very good so everyone is saying that the game looks great and the music is dope but the online system is absolute fucking and trash. that ui is bad yep uh then they start going into actual questions uh concern number one the damage is too high uh, this is something that people were touching on that, you know, Soul would hit these four or five hit combos and you already doing like 60, 70% life bar damage. Jesus Christ. Like it's insane. Matches were ending within 30 seconds. <laughs> it's fu- it's it's ridiculous. Uh, Ishiwatari says that the central idea behind this title is that you can deal big damage without memorizing long combos, as was required in previous games. Katano yeah. says that we made the damage extreme in the beta test to get that idea across. Before the game's release, we'll be adjusting it carefully by looking at players' feedback and match results. So, so are they trying to make this like more like Street Fighter with pokes and shit instead of like combo shit? Yeah. And yeah, we're uh... going to... We're going to get into that next. Um, they are, they, I think that they are looking to increase the damage 
Um, and one of the ways they go about doing that, besides increasing the damage, is lowering your combo routes, which the next concern is there are fewer Gatling combo routes. Uh, Gatling, in Guilty Gear terms, is the ability for you to be able to cancel any normal into another normal. So if I want to uh, cancel my punch into a kick... I can do that and then cancel that kick into a slash and then cancel that slash into a hard slash and then cancel that into a dust attack or cancel that into a special. Um, the the sky's the limit. You know, it's not uncommon for you to chain uh, eight, nine, ten hit combos uh, without even doing a a Roman cancel. Like, it's, it's fairly easy. Um, but there are fewer Gatling combo routes. Katano says in previous Guilty Gear games, players could cancel many moves uh, into their combo parts to rel with relative freedom. In Strive, we made restrictions so on this so that it is more difficult for you to combo into damaging moves so fast. Uh, by doing so, we've introduced a greater emphasis on choosing which normal that you want to start with based on the situation and the goal at the time. Uh, I think that this is really short-sighted um, because... A lot of the criticisms are a lot of the criticisms towards Guilty Gear is that the combo system just looks crazy when it is actually one of the most simplified fucking <laughs> systems out there. Uh, I don't know any other game where I can just pick up a controller and right off the bat say, hey man, punch kick slash hard slash, there's your four hit combo. And you just hit those buttons, and you you now know a four-hit combo. You now know how to play the game. It doesn't matter, because at high-level play, you know, people are going to learn what Soul's bread and butter is. They're going to learn what right. Kai's bread and butter is. The tried-and-true combos are going to get out there, and that's what you're ultimately going to be seeing. But for these lower-level players who don't know the difference, you know, the Gatling assisted them. But now they're trying to take that away, trying to make it more like Street Fighter, trying to slow it down. And I think that's a mistake. Uh, Ishiwatari comments that the one important concept in this game is placing greater importance on choosing your moves based on the curtain situation. Uh, I do think that it's more difficult in the sense that muscle memory won't really work compared to playing games from previous entries. Right. Uh, but there should be fewer mechanics for new players to learn before they can enjoy playing the matches. Again, short-sighted. I think that the Gatling system that they had previously was perfect because you were able to just jump in and play the game. Uh, Katano adds, we're planning to further increase the level of freedom with combos compared to previous entries in the series. While this may seem contradictory to reduce the length of combos and the restriction on Gatlings, I believe that we can make this happen through a combination of mechanics. Even in the closed beta test, there were many combo routes that were available. Unfortunately, however, only a limited number of routes were effective due to the extreme damage. Our goal moving forward with development, including our work overall, uh, is game balance and in to make the game where each player has a distinctive play style. Again... I already commented on that. <laughs> uh, another concern, the 3D camera angle or the 3D camera movement disrupts the game pace. This is one of the things where um, if I land a counter hit, it'll the camera will zoom in on the two players and 
orient the camera to the side right. and they're yeah. trying to do this very dynamic um cinematic camera style um it looks cool but for gameplay that'll fuck you up because now because you're zoomed down. in well not only to slow everything down but now you are losing the visual on the board itself so i don't know my distance from where i'm throwing the enemy onto the ground where i'm hitting the enemy and the wall so I don't know what move I should use next. I don't know what combo string I should use. Should I use my bread and butter at neutral? Should I use my my corner combos? I right. don't know that. Uh, Ichiwatari says, compared to ASW's previous titles, in this game we're trying out more daring 3D camera movement. We've heard some players say that the movement gave them motion sickness. That's new. They said <laughs> they're... Working on improving this so that players can enjoy the game without the unnecessary stress. I'd like to continue the idea of challenging ourselves to include new camera work like we've never seen before. Katano adds, we've also heard concerns that the camera work, such as the effect on counter hits, impacts the game's pace, player input, and visibility. As mentioned previously, we're taking the survey results to heart and working on improving this so that players can have a more comfortable and fun experience. Uh, concern the user interface during matches uh, big issues that they have is that um, one it doesn't look guilty gear it no. looks very weird it's you know it's like a flash game it, yeah it's it's a little it's a little odd uh, it's very minimalistic I will say so you have your life bar and then you have your character photo but whenever you take damage that character photo gets Smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And it moves with the life bar. And attached to your character photo, you have your burst icon and you have your risk gauge. And a couple weeks ago, we talked about what the risk gauge was. Essentially, the more that you block a, uh, a block string, uh, whenever you land that counter hit, depending on the size of your risk gauge, is how much damage that you're going to be dealt. Um, it's kind of like a multiplier. The issue with the UI outside of it not looking Guilty Gear is that if you have a UI that's moving important information along the top bar, if I need to glance to see how much health I have, whether or not I have bursts, how much risk I'm building up, uh, my, I'm trained to look in that corner. Now that you're moving it around... I have to now take more time to go look around. So they were touching on it and they were like, we minimize, uh, we made it so that the burst icon moves with the health bar in order to minimize the amount of eye movement required to check the gauge. Don't understand that. We've intentionally made the risk gauge less visible to reduce the number of gauges in the first, for that first time players can be aware of. Don't understand that. You're, <laughs> you're trying to get first time players to play your game and you have assets that are a part of your game that is important, integral to the mechanics of the game and you're making it smaller so that they don't have to focus on it. That makes no sense to me. I'm just letting you be up on your soapbox right now. So. <laughs> I've got nothing to say with all of this. <laughs> it's, it's fine. Uh, whenever you land a counter hit, they have the counter hit words just take up the entire fucking screen whenever you do combos the combo hit counter takes up the entire left side of the screen i've seen people get 20 hit combos and it's just 
fucking massive. And it's orange. It's like this ugly orange. And I'm just like, dude, fucking tone it down. It doesn't have to be that modern. Just yeah. have a little thing that says hit one, two, three, four, five. Does does a combo counter benefit the experience of a fighting game? Do you need it? No. At the end of the day, combo counters don't matter. Beating ass is what matters. Combo I, counters I, don't matter. It's 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 nice. Some people that would disagree with you on that. Like they yeah, can get fucked. Ass. They but can get some fucked. people it's love to see those big ass. numbers, especially in Marvel. They love to see those big number hit combos. Oh, suck a cock. That's all I have to tell them. Uh, however, we receive many opinions looking critically at the user interface in terms of visibility and design. As of now, we are consider seriously considering everyone's comments and our team is discussing these critical issues to create a finalized design. Uh, online lobby systems have errors. Yes, they do. There's nothing that you can say about it. So typically in a Arxis game, in an Axis game, fucking... Uh, they have a 3D design. They have a 3D overworld. They have it in fucking uh, Blaze Blue. I think they have it in Blaze Blue. Uh, they definitely have it in Guilty Gear, and they have it in Dragon Ball Fighter Z, where you just walk around with your little chibi friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they have it in Grand Blue, and you just walk up to an arcade and you start playing based off of that. Uh, matchmaking with your friends is a little bit difficult because you have to make sure that you're in the same room. You can't automatically direct connect to them that's stupid it is dumb and other fighting games have figured out how to do that but because they want to be all flashy and shit like that and they want to make it look like oh this this room is a living breathing area no no it's dumb uh this version however they decided to go with a 2d option i saw that and the way that you interact with other people is that you have to take out your sword to challenge them to a duel. But when you have multiple people next to each other, you can't pinpoint which person you actually want to fight against. So you, you're in, in a lobby where there's like 30, 40 people. You have your, your 2D model trying yeah. to walk across all these different floors. And there's people with their dicks hanging out trying to sword fight you and you don't know which one you want to sword fight you know who you want to sword fight you know which one you want to touch dicks with but you can't because they're all bunched up together it's like boot camp all you're over touching again. dicks with everybody because you're touching dicks with everybody uh ishiwatari says uh our plan during development with the rest of the game is to create something entirely new for the online mode katano says uh, we ran into many bugs and other problems during the closed beta test. In addition to fixing those bugs, we'll be taking a new look at the matchmaking system. We're working uh, to be able to provide everyone a pleasant online experience by fixing these issues and creating another opportunity for you to try out the game. We sincerely apologize for all the problems. Yes. Uh, online lobby design. They said that they're trying out something new compared to other ASW titles by using 2D pixel art instead of 3D avatars. This is not a bug. This is a feature. That's really what all they have to say. Ew. Um, as far as UI design, Ishiwatari says regarding the user interface in general, we've seen many comments that the design isn't rock enough. Rest assured, we will make it rock. So hopefully they will change the design of the UI. And that's where we're at. 
okay. <laughs> Ultimately, uh, it is a positive thing that they came out with something in the first place. Right. Uh, I am not happy with the direction that they're going. I, but I'm still going to play it. Of course, because you like Guilty Gear. I like Guilty Gear. Uh, but it's kind of like one of those things where when I jumped from X2 to Xard, it was like a hard stop. Like I stopped playing X2. I don't think that's going to be the case. And I know that a lot of people are going to sit there and say there is no point jumping to strive when, when Xard exists. Xard exists and is obviously the better game. At least in their head. Because right. Guilty Gear is supposed to be fast paced. This is not fast paced, but it's really fucking pretty. So it's going to be Street Fighter. I'm going to play my first Street Fighter game. Oh, Seriously. yeah, that's what it's going to be. That's just what it's going to be. You better learn your fucking footsies. I know my footsies. Fuck you. <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. You want me to let you give you some time since you've been talking nonstop oh, for the last oh, 40 minutes? <laughs> please. All right. I'll take this next one. All right. Well, a Switch game came out recently, and apparently it came out with an E rating, even though it has nudities and sexual ero- sexual content. And it was erroneously erroneously given that E rating. That's sexy. Uh, An indie game was erroneously released on Switch with the lowest age rating, despite containing mature content that includes nudity and sexual references. Comical surveillance title Do Not Feed the Monkeys went live on the U.S. versions of the Nintendo eShop earlier this week, sporting an E for everyone rating from the ESRB Go Nintendo reports. However, developer Alaware's description warns that the content may not be appropriate for younger players or for viewing at work due to nudity or sexual content and general mature content. Go Nintendo adds that it's possible to see nudity within minutes starting the free demo, albeit stylized in a retro pixelated form. In a statement via Twitter, developer Alaware said, As some of you may know, we intended to release Do Not Feed the Monkeys on Switch today. Unfortunately, we had to change the ratings. We are waiting for the ratings update to be tested and we'll be able to release the game after that. Sorry for any inconvenience. A patch with updated rating certificates have been released. Alaware has was told, uh, I'm sorry, Alaware has told game, gamesindustry.biz the game will now be rated a mature 17 plus by ESRB and 12 plus by Peggy. I looked up the screenshots. That's just like straight up gratuitous nudity right away. <laughs> How do you fuck this up? I don't like I don't know how do you fuck this up? Like your job is to rate shit. Like this Someone just saw convinces do not me. feed the monkeys and then got was like, that's fine, give it an E. No, fucking This just proves that the ESRB is fucking useless. Because yeah. that tells me they're not playing these games. Someone specifically was not with this one. Yeah, no. They were just like, man, it'd be all right. It's all pixelated and retro. It's fine. It's like somebody just got done playing Custer's Revenge for the uh, the Atari, and they're just like, oh, that's family friendly. That's fine. Yeah. Someone was trying to go home that early or early that day, and uh, they brushed the paperwork real quick. That shit's fucking dumb. It's f- it. it's hilarious. I, w- I wish I would have like got it the day it came out and played it. You but- know what, though? I think that this is great marketing because now I want to play the game just to see what it's about. 
Just yeah, like, just I looked it up and far? I was like, what the fuck is going on with this thing? Just how far they go. So how much apparently, is this game? It can't be more than like 25 bucks. Well, now they up the price because of. <laughs> oh, this is the titty version. Yeah. This is not your mother's uh, do not feed the monkeys. <laughs> it's 12 bucks. Oh, 12 bucks. 12 bucks. Ain't what shit. even is it? Oh, I have to verify my age. On the website. Indie simulation strategy. You are invited to join the primate or the primate observation club, where you will observe the lives of caged monkeys and carefully analyze the information obtained. What? All right, it's an adventure simulation strategy puzzle game. They don't show any nudity. Oh, maybe it's because of like security cams and shit like that or something. Yeah, You're just like looking in on people, which is fucking creepy, but. <laughs> It's fucking weird. Nah, and then there's like an Illuminati monkey head. So, <laughs> like when I saw that, I was just like, okay, yeah, I'm all about that. I could get behind some stupid fucking. I, I can, I can fucks with that. So, I don't know. We'll see. I, I probably won't play it. So, <laughs> I know I won't play it. So, <laughs> all right, we got some Sega news now. We do 60, have some Sega news. Sixty years, and we get this thing. <laughs> So, Sega has been, like, hyping up the last roughly two, three weeks, saying, like, they have some big announcement. They brought back Sega Satata or whatever his fucking name is, like, his son. And he's just like, oh, I'm, oh, my God, I just realized he's playing the Sega Game Gear in his classroom. And everyone's like, oh, my God, what is it? (laughs) And they've been gearing up for this fucking reveal. For the fucking Game Gear Micro. I hate it. I hate what they did to me. I hate it so much. They got you. They got you. They got, they got you. They got me. But it's fine. Uh, Sega of Japan has been making quite a big deal in the past several months over celebrating its 60th anniversary this year. To date, it hasn't resulted in a lot of announcements for actual products, but a recent announcement from J- Japanese Famitsu journalist. Uh, that Sega was going to make a huge statement sent on the internet, sent the internet on a tizzy. Sega announced that it will produce a series of Game Gear Micro handheld systems that are 40% smaller than the original Game Gear with a one-inch screen. It'll be available for purchase on October 6th, which marks the Game Gear's 30th anniversary for about 4,900 yen, or $50. In total, there will be four color variations with the Game Gear Micro's uh, color variations, whatever. Uh, Black, red, yellow, and blue, each unit containing four different games. For the black model, you have Sonic the Hedgehog, Puyo Puyo Tsu, Outrun, Royal Stone, The Door When Opened. Red model will have Megami Tensei Gaiden Last Bible, Megami Tensei Gaiden Last Bible Special, Columns, and Shinobi. The yellow model will have Shining Force Gaiden 1, 2, and the Final Conflict, and Nazopuyo's Aru's Rokes, which I have no idea what the fuck that is. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> and then blue model will have Sonic and Tails, Gunstar Heroes, Sylvan Tail, and Baku Baku Animal World Zookeeper Champions. 
It also appears that those who pre-order all four units will receive the Big Window Micro, which is an attachment that magnifies the unit's tiny screen. It looks pretty much to be the super wide gear that was released for the original Game Gear. What are your thoughts on this? This is such a bad 60th re- like anniversary reveal. <laughs> like, So, hold on. Um... I actually like the concept. The concept's I, fine. I like but... the concept of having like a Game Gear Mini, so to say. The they're games, too they're... small. Yes, they're <laughs> fucking like a they one said inch 40%, screen. Forty percent smaller than the original Game Gear. Well, no that... way. No, no, no way. yeah, the, the Game Gear was a fucking tra- suitcase. When I saw the video, that thing is tiny. That yeah, thing like, is like little baby shit thing. It's like this, and it's a one-inch screen. Are you fucking serious? I think this should have been brought out a decade ago. It's not that. I don't think it should should have been brought out a decade ago. It needs to be a little bit bigger. The screen needs to be at least a little bit bigger. They shouldn't be selling four different fucking models. At $50 a pop. They need to be selling it all as one unit. And like, then you only get the, you only get the magnifier if you buy all four. <laughs> like, these are all really great games. The Megami Tensei Gaiden games are great. Shining Force Gaiden is my favorite Shining Force game. Shining Force Gaiden 1 and 2. They're all fantastic. These, this, all these lists are shit. Tales Adventure isn't on it. Oh, okay, so valid, but uh, <laughs> Sonic and Tales or Sonic Chaos is not on here. Or, or is on here. Gunstar Heroes is on here. Shinomi is dope. Outrun is dope. Original Sonic the Hedgehog is a bad game. Uh, it is. Like, so what, if you, what play- you do is move all these four together, make it bigger, put all of them on there, sell it for 80 bucks. I would have been comfortable with that. Honestly. It's so weird for them to go from the best mini that is out on the market, which is the Sega Genesis mini. I feel like I wholeheartedly believe that's the best mini out there. I, the second, I will die in a cross for that. The second one would be the Super Nintendo. And then they come out with this? Like, this not is not going to make them a lot of money. This is super niche. That Yeah, no way. This is, this. is You're already going for a very targeted market. This should have been a Tuesday announcement, not a 60th anniversary announcement. You're price gouging them. $50 a pop. There, That is no way that runs $50. Like, because I was seriously tempted about, like, getting these. But I'm just like, dude, no way. Guess what? No way. We have to face the reality of what will happen. You'll get them all once they drop to twenty dollars. Oh yeah, no, I will. <laughs> yeah, not a fifty. Not a fifty these are, at all. These are cool to have in your background of your YouTube video or your stream or anything, but like they're nice to have on the shelf and to be like these exist. It's like it's like. But the thing is, I can't even say that this is like the Game Boy Micro because I played the shit out of the Game Boy Micro. I still play my Game Boy Micro. I don't is know that where a one-inch mine... screen? I don't think... One inch is... No way, man. I mean, I guess we can... We, what's... we need the internet. Yeah, I need the internet. Game Boy How... Micro screen size. 
51, it's two inches. <laughs> it's 51 millimeters. That is like the bare minimum of what it's, okay, so they're saying the Game Boy Micro device will have a screen size of 1.5 inches. It's still way too small. No, no, dude. you said you just said Game Boy Micro. You mean the Game Gear? Game Micro. Gear Micro. I apologize. Yeah. One point five inches. I mean, That's even still... if you go by what the video, the video says one inch. That means you cut this micro, the Game Boy Micro screen in half, and that's the screen you get for the Game Gear. <laughs> like I'm seeing this dude holding the Game Gear Micro in his hand, in the palm of his hand, and it's like this. Yeah. I have fat fucking hands. I know I my hands is bigger than that motherfuckers. I mean, I my hand cramps after playing the Vita for a little bit, or a 3DS after a little bit. Uh, yeah, I need an adapter to hook onto it so I can have something to hold onto. There's no way. I like I said, gonna sell. these things are the boxing and stuff look really really cool. They look old school and all that stuff, but these need to be twenty bucks, maybe. Yeah, maybe but thirty. That's they all the need most. to be morphed together. Make it a little, make it big, make it the size of all four of these, because then you got a four-inch screen, <laughs> and then you charge eighty bucks. I I can't do it. Can't there, do it. I, I know some people that are already like, let's let's pre-order them now. I'm like, you know what? Anyway. Good on you for being a diehard fan, but I am going to pass. And I'm usually like the. The reckless I mean, one when yeah. it comes to buying things, and I'm even I'm saying like, no, I can't do it. No, because I buy stupid shit all the time. Like I don't understand the coloring either. Wasn't there only one color of Game Gear back in the day? No, I have a blue there one. Were, there's multiple. There's, oh, I remember. I do remember colors. the blue one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, y congratulations! Y if you wanted this, let's move Rip. on to some cooler Sega news. Yeah, this this is actually pretty fucking dope. Yeah, so Sega wants to turn Japanese arcades into fog gaming data centers. So Sega marked its 60th anniversary this week with a tiny version of the Game Gear, which is what we just talked about. But that's not the only thing that the company's or that is on the company's mind at the minute. It's working on a system that would turn Japanese arcades into small data centers. According to Weekly Famitsu, Sega will tap into powerful CPUs and GPUs in arcade machines as part of an ultra-low latency streaming system. It's calling the idea Fog Gaming, and it's based on Fog Computing, which is devices in a Fog Computing system are much closer together physically than those in a cloud setup, which lowers the length of time it takes to data to travel between them. As such, Sega reckons the Fog Gaming platform would reduce lag to less than a millisecond, which is pretty freaking good. Sega already, uh, Sega already has the basic infrastructure in place. At least in Japan, arcades are still prevalent enough for the Fog Gaming system to be viable. The company owns around 200 of them, and Sega machines are also prevalent in the third-party arcades. The company's machines are connected to Game Center servers, which are also linked to the cloud. Many of them use the All.net platform, which is a backbone of online arcade competition, and also lets players track high scores, rankings, and profiles across various game centers. But Ars Technica reports that non-Sega arcades are cutting ties with the All.net because the fees make it untenable amid the COVID-19 pandemic. It's not entirely clear whether Japanese players would be able to stream games directly from arcade machines. Famitsu suggests Fog Gaming would add minimal lag, which is less than one millisecond, on top of regular network lat latency, which could make that tenable, especially for quick reflex titles such as fighting games. 
Players actively use arcade machines for eight hours a day or so, and the Fog gaming system could give them the option to grind their favorite games outside of a game center's opening hours. Sega and other arcade operators would also be able to generate revenue from the machines when the centers are closed. It remains to be seen if when Meg I'm sorry. It remains to be seen or if when Sega gets the Fog Gaming platform up and running, or even what shape it'll take. But at the very least, it points to an even more connected and potentially more sustainable future for arcades. That might be something that does save arcades. That shit sounds dope as fuck. Uh, how my question is cool. the line that says that they're gonna be able to generate revenue when the arcades are closed. How explain that? How is that going to work? So what I figure, and this this is all speculative, what I imagine is that they create a data center where all those arcade cabinets are connected to this database. Right. And people can log in via all whatever .net, whatever it's fucking called. Um, All.net, yeah. All.net. And get into a queue. And they pay, you know, their quarter or whatever whatever the equivalent is to play around. Um, And it plays out off of that arcade cabinet. So if you were to like, if you were like in the arcade after closing hours, you could see shit going on. Maybe. That's what I imagine. Like, it's all connected to a database that's then transferring its information to PCs at home where the players are. And they can play with their own little setup, which would be great for me because I I don't like to leave my home anyway. But right. I can just connect to a fucking arcade and play all day. I Yeah, I wonder how that works. So, like, if someone can't get out to the arcade, can they just sit there and play while other people actually come up to the arcade and sit down to play? That's the way that I'm imagining this system operating so everything is connected to like this this fog or this cloud and if somebody is currently using it you'll get a red flag that says hey you know thing is in use and maybe it'd be cool to see if like a little mini stream of what exactly the person is playing and maybe have a cue to the side to see who's up exactly it's basically like it's the equivalent of standing around the arcade and putting your quarter on the screen yeah that's that's how i think uh it's going to play out. Uh, I think that that's really fucking cool. I just wish that they would go a step further and just take the arcade experience uh, fully online, like full cloud-based arcade yeah. gaming. I think that that would be dope. But this is a good step too because I think they're really focusing on the latency, the latency issues, Yeah. Uh, you know, which is As a key factor, especially with fighting games specifically. Yeah. That'd be cool. Man, I just miss going to arcades. Like, I, I'm looking at the arcades in this article, and it's just, I miss it. I miss yeah. going out. <laughs> 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 I never, like, I love staying at home, but also, like, I just like to go out every once in a while. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I have to, maybe I have to look around to see if there's an arcade near me. I mean, there's thinking, fucking... Uh, East Starland, but that's not a real arcade. No. Once once shit starts calming down and we're able to like go somewhere and we feel safe, I really want to like head up to Chicago, maybe spend mm-hmm. a week up in Chicago and check out some of the landmarks and hopefully go during hockey season and go see a Blackhawks game and uh 
check out Galloping Ghost Arcade. Right on. So maybe hit up that. TJ while I'm up there too. So I don't know. That'd be cool. But that's it for the news. That's all we got. That is it for the news. And we almost didn't have any questions, but <laughs> motherfuckers came in last last. I wasn't minute I, heroes. So I told you, and I was gonna say like, "Hey, maybe we shouldn't say anything. It's too last minute." And then you put something in the server, in the Discord server, and people were just like, "Boom!" Like we're like, li- if you're listening and you are not part of our Discord server, make sure to join our Discord server. And if you are listening and you're part of the Discord server, we do this podcast every week. Even if we decide to skip a week, still put your questions in whenever you want to. You don't have to wait for us to call you out. <laughs> anyway no it's it's so, fine it's it's this is ultimately my mistake i should have been on my shit but it is i mean i was it's it's all parties are at fault so yeah mainly mine uh question one coming from mr haru is there a game or a movie that was very popular for either being hated or loved that you were a hundred percent on the opposing side for me everyone hated ready player one but i liked it and ended up buying it on blu-ray uh, I will state that I, with Ready Player One, I just want to pull up that for a second. I read half of the book, got bored, and then I didn't want to see the movie either. So <laughs> I currently, Seth right now is listening to the audiobook of Ready Player One. Uh, he says it's okay. It's fine. It's a lot of, a lot of pop culture references from like the 90s and stuff in the 80s. Yeah. Mostly the 80s and stuff like that, so. But you love the 80s. I do, but I also like my book to have a coherent narrative and like characters I want to invest in instead of just being like, remember the Transformers? You like playing <laughs> Joust? All that, but I don't know. Maybe I need to go back and give it another shot. So movie looked cool. I mean, of course, like people that don't really know what about it, like the movie was about, they saw the trailer and they're just like, what the fuck? Master Chief is fighting with a Gundam and there's also Batman there. Like, it's a four-year-old's description of what they want a movie to be, is what it is. So, I can understand the appeal for it. It's just not my thing. I thought that the concept was dope, but I just wasn't feeling it. Like, it felt weird seeing Tracer in a movie. And I'm like, well, oh, yeah, and that, that so that the movie's a little bit, because the book's not, like, the book is obviously for the time it was written, but... Yeah, they had to throw in, like, I just want to know what the budget was on all those fucking copyrights. Yeah. Like, because there's Batman, there's, like, I think there's, like, I don't think the Avengers were in it, but there's, like, so, there's Gundam. Like, that's a big fucking thing. Uh, If Mr. Haru can convince me that the Gundam fights in Ready Player One are cool, uh, then I'll go ahead and go see it. But until then... It's never been something that's on my radar. I fucking hate Bioshock. I've never played I, those games, so... I hate the first Bioshock. Everyone loves the first Bioshock, and I fucking hate it. I don't like being underwater. I don't like the fucking <laughs> setting. I think that uh, fucking Jack Atlas, or whatever his fucking name, is a fucking tool. I saw everything that was going to happen ahead of time. I knew I was being manipulated, uh, would you kindly is a stupid fucking like mind manipulation phrase. I hate that game. Oh. I don't like that game. I just don't like Bioshock at all. Bioshock Infinite, that's a good game. Okay. 
That's what I was going to ask. The about. first Bioshock? No. I don't That's the like one with it. Big Brother and everything, right? Or not Big I mean, Daddy. Big Daddy. Big Daddies, Big Daddies are in the first one and the second one. I don't remember if they're in Infinite. I don't believe so. There was no reason to have them because uh, the narrative was just about completely different. Um, yeah, no, I hate Big Daddies. I think they're dumb. They're bullet sponges. Uh, they're, I don't know. Everything about that game felt like it was like all the enemies are bullet sponges. Find all the ammo that you can find. Your powers and abilities are eh. No. The setting is cool, okay? But I don't like being underwater because that's like one of my biggest fears. Right. No. Which is funny because I'm a Marine and I'm supposed to be able to swim and shit like that. And I hate <laughs> being underwater. So Bioshock. I mean, fuck that game. I'm going to die on the hill that I don't, I don't think Ocarina of Time is a good game. I'll die on that hill. Okay. I will die. I I believe there are better Zelda games, and I don't think it's as good as everyone. At the time, it was good for what it is, but I don't feel like it's aged well, and I don't think it's a very... I like the story, but I don't like the game that much. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think of, like, a movie-wise... I'm trying to think of a movie that I like that like other people are just like you're fucking stupid for liking that movie. I guess I would say like I I I used to like say I love Demolition Man. I really like that movie, but then I when I I watched some of it when with Scotty when they were doing like their watch party for the sideshow, and I'm just like, eh, it's fine. I'm not gonna die on the hill for that. I'm not gonna. I will die on the hill and say that the new the newest Judge Dredd movie is one of the best fucking movies ever, and people need to watch it more. Okay. The one with Carl Urban. Like, that one's fucking great. I don't know who that is. He's, uh... Did you ever see any uh, previews for the Amazon show, The Boys? Yes. He is the main guy, the scruff guy that's, like, the leader of The Boys. That's Carl okay. Urban. He's the... In this new Star Trek movies, he's the... He's Bones. He's the doctor. So. Okay, I haven't seen that either, so... You don't fucking see anything, so... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I'm trying to think of, like, some older, like, Nintendo game. Like, not Nintendo, but just older. Like, I'm trying to... I'm not going to die on the hill and say, like, Nintendo 64 is, like, the best system ever because I don't believe that. But, no. I think Ocarina, like, that's the one that I'll bring up the most. And people are like, what? You don't like it? Have you played it? And I'm like, oh, I fucking played it. Like, don't even, don't even at me on that one, so... That's such a common statement that I I just am not phased by it, but it's okay, right? It's okay. That's I could fine. take one and say like I think the Friday the Thirteenth game is one of the best games ever, but I don't believe that. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not talking about the new one on PlayStation Four. I'm talking about the Nintendo one. Oh no! Yeah, that one's real bad. Oh no. Uh. uh co- Question two, if you were in charge of making PlayStation 2 classics, what are some games that you would have on it? I brought up a list of the best PS2 games of all time. So okay. we got to do 10, so we get to pick five each. So That's if fine. You, without me going into the list, what are you? do you know of any right off the bat? Yes, Rogue Galaxy, Death okay. Jam Fight for New York. Okay. God Hand. Okay. Baroque. Okay. Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne. Okay. Now, I need you to pick another five that you think would actually make a Sony money. 
Like, not no, that's not. That's not, not the, it. Not the niche ones if that you, you were in charge no. making a PlayStation Two classic. What are some of the games there that would is be on there? No fucking way they're gonna put God Hand on a PlayStation class. PlayStation Two lies. Classic. They would not. I no no. no don't get Fake me wrong. News. Don't get me wrong. God Hand's fucking great. Wrong. But they're not gonna put that on there, Mister Trump. So. <laughs> I'm going through this list, and I think they would put Bully. No way. Bully Bullshit. was not optimized on the PS2. It doesn't no. matter. It's still a fantastic game. And it yeah, made it's shit a good tons game, of money. But, okay, are we going to follow Sony's uh, lead, like the way that they took care of like the PlayStation 1 Classic, and just put the shit version of every single game onto it? What's the good version that's what of it Bully, sounds then? 360. Uh, most of the time, whenever I see Bully, everyone brings up the PS2 version, or they're playing the PS2 version. Uh, that's odd, but okay. You gotta have a, some kind of Jack and Daxter game on there. They're gonna put a, one of those. Jack on 2. Uh, let's see. I'm going through the list. They're gonna put Final Fantasy X on there. Obviously. Yeah, that's like that's one of the not big a ones. debate. Uh, you're gonna uh, get a Ratchet and Clank game. I can see them putting Go and Commando. You're gonna if- get a God of War game. God of War 1. Uh, I don't know if they would put Okami on there. That would be like their niche entry. Uh, I think you would probably get a, a Silent Hill or a Resident Evil game on there, which would probably be Resident Evil 4. You would definitely get a Resident Evil game on there. I don't think you'd see... You might see Resident Evil... Uh, not Resident Evil. Uh, Silent Hill 2. I think you would get a Metal Gear Solid game. I I would go as far as to say you might get a few of them, like you might yeah. get specifically Snake solid. Eater. Like on this list, Snake it's e- number one. So you'd get Snake, Snake Eater is going to be the one that you're going to get. And I would say you'd get a Grand Theft Auto game. You'd probably get Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. That's number two on the list. So yeah, or three. Yeah. So I went with games that, that you I think want. are <laughs> underrated because all the games that you mentioned, they're hidden gems. <laughs> None of the games that you mentioned are hidden gems. (laughs) No, what you said. What I said were hidden gems. And even then, like, Baroque, that that requires a specific type of taste. Uh, Def Jam Fight for New York, that game is amazing. Fuck you guys. Uh, Rogue Galaxy. I'm not disagreeing with you on that. No, I'm not saying it directly to you. Uh, I actually think that Rogue Galaxy would end up on, like, the top PS2 classic type deal yeah uh, that game did make a lot of money for sony actually you would get a gran turismo game too you, you would need turismo some kind of four you Three? would need some kind of racing game on there now here's the better point what's going to be the fucking price point for this uh for a ps2 classic i can see that going triple digits because now you're getting into like i wouldn't say necessarily 150 maybe 120 it's a lot of value, but I can see them putting on less games. They wouldn't put like what is it normally like ten? I think Sega Genesis came out with like well, how many games was on that one? Thirty. They had thirty games. I think they would do ten on this. Then they wouldn't go mm, higher than I, ten. Either ten or fifteen. Yeah. Uh, not not Gran Turismo. I can see them putting like Midnight Club two. And you you yeah they yeah Midnight Club would definitely do it. Yeah. 
Uh, you don't think they put any Kingdom Hearts on there? Disney ain't going to let that happen. I hope not. <laughs> we get a Soul Calibur. We can put a Soul Calibur on there. Soul Calibur 2. Yeah. No, Chris, if, you got to put Soul Calibur 3. No, no. Nobody played Soul Calibur 3. Soul Calibur 2 is like one of the greatest fighting games of all time. This this list has Tony Hawk Pro Skater 4 as 18 on their top 25. Was it that good? 4 was good for the time. Okay. But I it I think uh their other game, the later games uh got it a, the formula a little bit better, but I'm also buying the HD remakes when they come out on my birthday this year, so <laughs> Okay. All right, well, there you go. We did not come up with a definitive list, so. <laughs> we just uh, said a bunch wh- of shit that maybe we thought would be on there. What is a gaming hill you would die on? Uh, Legend of Dragoon fo- Le- needs a remake, a remaster. <laughs> I think that God of War's combat system is bad for 2008. Okay, the old ones, not the new one. No, I'm talking about the new one. I have an issue with the combat system. I feel like it's very, very, very stiff. Why did you say 2008? Uh, 2018. You said 2008. <laughs> so that's what fucked me. I mean, me. I'll double check that, but I meant the 2018 God well, of War. Well, Discord also bleeps, like, just because Discord kind of sucks sometimes. That's fine. It fucks up. Tw- 2018 God of War, I don't think the combat's very good. I feel like it's very stiff. I think that they try to go for this God of, uh, not God of War, this Dark Souls style of combat. But it was, when I play Dark Souls, I have a lot of freedom with my character. They're very fluid. Uh, if I need to dodge, I can dodge the fuck out of the way. I can't do that in God of War. I'm very much like right over the shoulder of Kratos. Or Kratos. Uh, when I move, it's kind of like stiff. Um, I just feel like every single one of his movements is, while it's extremely forceful, it is not fluid. It's almost like you're punching through a fucking wall and you're trying to do it over and over and over and over again. And for fluidity's sake and for me, I don't think it was done very well. I would also say that the N64 is not as good as everyone thinks it is. It's not. I will, I will be the, the thief on your right-hand side. I also think Star Fox 1 isn't good a good game. Okay. I feel like I've went back and played it. Uh, I'm good. I'll play. I'll stick to my 64. <laughs> so, I don't know. I'm trying to think of, like, other gaming hills I'll die on. Uh, Mario... Super Mario 3 is the best old school Super Mario. Like, that's not a hill to die on. There's tons of people that agree that. Nobody, nobody's going to kill you over that. Oh, I guess my hill to die on is... Well, yeah, I'll die on that hill. I don't think Ocarina is that good. So, yeah, I'll go with that one. Here's your monthly reminder that Corey does not like Ocarina of Time. Uh, it's like tri-monthly or what is it? Quarterly. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't talked about it in a while, so... Uh, Scotty Moe comes in with five questions. Fuck that guy. <laughs> When's the Virtual Boy Micro coming out? Get Never. the fuck out of here. Never. My eyes are already broken, so. <laughs> uh, why do I want all four Game Gear Micros? Because they look really, really fucking cool, and they have good games. 
Like, Corey just got done talking about it. They they are aesthetically pleasing. The I boxes just, are nice, yes. I can't justify buying it. And here's the thing. Like, they're pricing them individually at 4,900 yen, 50 bucks. When I saw the bundle, people were selling the bundle for over $300. I'm wondering if it's because of that extra thing you get. But it's supposed to be free. Well, it's a, it's exclusive, Chris. <laughs> okay. I'm not I'm not saying that they're right. But it's something that you can't get if you buy them individually. So it becomes wanted. I know. I I want are, them, but I don't want to pay for them. And people are dumb. Also, going mm-hmm. back to the Virtual Boy Micro, that would be cool to have just on the shelf. <laughs> like, what is it going to be? A fucking monocle? That would be great because then I would buy an actual <laughs> Virtual Boy and be like, look at my look at my two sons. So <laughs> I just uh, like having the ver- I like having the micro next to the original because it just looks fucking stupid. <laughs> do you have the original? No, I wish I did. Oh, okay. I thought I thought I thought you did. Do I have the original with the eight games that came out on it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you can have any fantasy vehicle, what would it be? For me, the Gadget Mobile or the TMNT Party Wagon. A Gundam. Which one? Don't pick Death Scythe. No, I'm not that much of an edge lord. Uh, I mean, I could go Burning Gundam. Burning Gundam. If we're going with just G Gundam, there's so many to pick in G Gundam. Baxter, Maxter Gundam's really cool too. He's a fucking boxer. Yeah. Uh, no. If we're going from like Gundam Wing, I'm gonna go with uh Gundam uh fucking Heavy Arms uh, Custom, the one from Endless Waltz. Okay. That one's good. Feel that. Also, what's the one I like? Some I really like from the, some of the Zaku's. Like the Zaku's look really cool. <laughs> like some of the special I, Zaku's. I might fuck up the name of it, but I really like Epion. Oh, you—that's the name. Yeah, Epion's Epion was the fucking coolest man. It had a whip. Mm-hmm. Epion's right. fucking dope. So I know people are like, "Oh, that's not a what?" Well, no, it's a fucking vehicle, but. If we're going to go with, like, an automobile, uh, I'm trying to think. I can't think of any. I mean, there's, like, Ghostbusters. Uh, uh, you got the Batmobile. You got Knight Rider. All that shit. I don't know. Those things never, so like, I was like. If we're oh, going no. for. The car from Mad Max. From Mad Max Fury Road. Like, Mad Max's car is fucking dope as shit. I don't know if I've seen that one. In the older movies, like Road Warrior and Mad Max and uh, Thunderdome, they're always like made it like Matt Max's car super fucking cool. But in Fury Road, they blow that shit up in the first two minutes. <laughs> they're like, "That's a cool car. See ya. Let's flip it." <laughs> Mad Max car is pretty dope. Uh, if I had any vehicle, I'd probably pick the Ebon Hawk from Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic. Not that it's like anything great. It's a it's like a smuggler class frigate. Mm. I mean, it's fast, but the Ebon Hawk is such a cool fucking name to me. Yeah, that that's what I would want. I mean, X wings like, are cool. They're still those like the ships. Like I give Star Wars a lot of shit, but a lot of the ship designs and stuff are cool. 
Yeah, I, like I like the Evan Hawk. If I'm going for an actual land vehicle, uh, I mean, still sci-fi, I'd go with Blue Falcon because F Zero, oh, yeah. baby. Uh, oh wait, I'm fucking action- stupid. An R wing. Okay. I want an R wing. I'm gonna cut my legs off, get robot legs, and I'm gonna learn how G diffusers work. That's not how it works. No, I'm not saying that's. I just want to cut my legs off. So. <laughs> um, if I had to pick an actual vehicle, I really have a hard on for the Batmobile from the 1993 movie. I think that thing is so fucking cool. All right. With the sliding, or like the animated series Batmobile with yeah, the sliding yeah. uh, cab, Where it just jumps out. Yeah, yeah, that thing's cool. Uh, what collections have you completed? Zero. I don't have any video game collections completed. <laughs> uh, I could not pick a video game collection. However, I did have a full box set of every card from Omnicat. Uh, nope. I don't even have that. I do want to be that guy that, uh, that one guy that has, uh, a copy of every lightning bolt ever printed. When, and then uh, the, the, the MTG Fest promos came out. <laughs> When Ixalan came out, I bought seven or eight uh, boxes worth. Those sold really well. Yeah. Uh, Ixalan was a good set. Um, But I bought seven boxes worth. And I could not get a single walk the plank. It's a tube drop black, 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 kill any non-merfolk creature. It's pretty yep. much a, a, what is it, a dark blade or a death blade? I forget what the Doom actual. Blade. Doom blade. It's a doom blade, but worse. Um, but I didn't get one, and I got so mad that I bought 236 copies of Walk the Plank at a dollar, and I put them all in a binder. And the next week... Like, I came in, like, kind of proud of myself, but kind of not because I spent spent over $200 on an uncommon card. But when people would ask me for my trade binder, I knew which one to give them because it's all walk the play. That card didn't even actually see a lot of standard play. (laughs) No, no, it didn't because it's a terrible card. Vraska's contempt was so much better. (laughs) But they open up the, the thing and they're just like, it's all walk the plank. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is. I couldn't pull fucking fatal pushes to save my life. Oh, dude. When I was pulling Aether Revolt or whatever, uh, Kaladesh, I was pulling fucking uh, fatal push like every other box. And I that's probably the box that I bought the most of, but I didn't buy it in one bulk. Yeah. Like, I was just going to the store and picking them up, and I got at least one almost every single box. When M15 came out, actually, that's terrible <laughs> that you just said you only got one in every single box. It's an uncommon. At least, at least one. Well, it was a premium common, uncommon. Yeah. So, like, there were some of them that I got four, but there were some, like... Back in M15, uh, my buddy always fucking pulled Goblin Rabble Masters all the fucking time. And they were Isn't that a like, really good card? Back in the day, it sat at $20 in standard. That's it's nuts. It's really fucking good. I mean, even now, I think it's like around 5 bucks for the promos. But uh, have you seen those Ikoria? Not Ikoria, those uh, M21 spoilers? 
No, I did not get a There's a four drop to fairy now. Is that the one that gives you an extra turn? Two extra turns with his ultimate. That's dumb. But that's not the part that's dumb. The part that's dumb is he has a static Planeswalker ability that lets him use his abilities anytime you use an instant. Once per turn. So what you do is you play him, you tick him up, and then on their upkeep prior to combat, his negative three is you can phase out a card and everything attached to it. Phase out doesn't leave the battlefield. It just literally phases it out until the end of turn. It's stupid. You can play three Teferis in a deck all on curve. It's stupid. That's ridiculous. Blue white dude, Bane Slayer Angel got reprinted. Ruined Halo got reprinted. Blue white controls about to be bonkers, man. Grim Tutor got repr- reprinted. Bro, no, no, it didn't. No, it bullshit. Didn't. It got reprinted. It's in M twenty one. I gotta see this shit. That's insane, dude. It's crazy. Bane Slayer Angel's so fucking good. That's Just insane. Good. Yeah. Four drop to fairy my dick. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, <clears throat> What collection did you have to talk yourself out of completing? I saw that a half-price books down in Austin, Texas. I saw the complete manga collection of JoJo Part 3 in Japanese. And I had to talk oh, myself out of it. I'm an idiot. I have the entire manga collection of Rurouni Kenshin English. I forgot That's about that. That's uh, Gaming-wise, Nintendo GameCube, and I still throw that one around because uh, my collection is mostly all of the premium games and the expensive games. So all I have to do is find all the dirty cheapo games. And I don't know if I want to put in the effort, but I still think it would be pretty cool to have like a full complete GameCube collection. I mean, I'm working on I'm working on the Pokemon collection right now. I want all the main title games. Yep. I got think I'm pr- only missing a few. I've got a pretty good chunk. Like I've got red, blue, yellow, uh gold, silver, sapphire. No, gold, silver, crystal. I don't have sapphire. No, I have I have a sapphire that doesn't have the label. So I got to get another one. Yep. And I, I don't have ruby. I don't have emerald. I just realized I don't have fire red or leaf green. Yeah, those are really good, and I want a copy of them. Yeah. I want either one of them because it's a really good fucking game to play. I have heart. I have soul silver. I don't have heart gold. Yes, those games are stupid expensive. Yes, but no, I'm working on that. Uh, that's only the really only the collection I'm working on right now. I I have always slowly been trying to collect the old Mega Man games. Like I have Mega Man two. I think I have Mega Man five or six. Uh, I'd have to just get the other ones. But like physical cartridge of fucking Mega Man seven is ridiculously expensive. I I haven't looked it up. Is I it, have the is Japanese the... one. 
Yeah, that's the one that I have as far as English is concerned. It's like $100 or something. It's not bad, but... It's expensive. That's expensive for a game of that came out in like 90-something. It's like kind of like the same thing with like Kirby's... Uh... Kirby's Adventure 3 or whatever it is, $131. Yeah. Yep. For loose. Yep. Yep. Fuck that. It's just like limited print runs, I guess. And that game is also fucking beautiful. Like if you ever if you appreciate sprite work, that game is like yeah. top tier fucking Mega Man Mega Man sprite work. And then we get into Mega no, Man that, X and all that. That game looks real good. It's hard um, to too. I have one email question. One one oh, really? question that came in PM'd. Uh, this is coming from one of my boys, and they ask us, should I invest in a fight stick? Is there any benefit to playing fight stick versus pad? You should probably practice on a friend's fight stick first to see if you like it. If you, Because there are some people that don't like them. Like, specifically you, you don't like fight sticks. You like the hitbox more. So you would not want to drop 100 to $150 on a fight stick when you don't really want it. I think that there's a benefit to, at the very least, trying it out. But um, one thing that has changed over the years, uh, moving from like Gen 4 consoles to Gen 7, like PS3 uh, consoles, mm -hmm. uh, fighting games were not made with console gaming in mind when you look at street fighter there's a six button fighter and that got ported over to the sega genesis and the super nintendo and most people didn't have a six button arcade stick you know right uh they were not made with the intention of putting that game putting that on a console game when we got fighting games on the PS1 and the N64, you didn't have the ability to map buttons any which way that you wanted to. It wasn't until like the PlayStation 2 era where we started to see some customization options as far as button remapping uh, or even just like mapping games or play playing fighting games that were console centric. It was always right. pushing towards the arcade because the arcade was frame perfect. We're not at that point anymore. Uh, I think that as far as picking up an arcade stick, it's more of personal preference. What works for you, what, what operates for you better. Right. Uh, I was a pad player for the longest until I started playing on stick and hitbox now hitbox is second nature to me and I can't pick up a fucking pad to save my goddamn life. Uh, it's just, what do you think is going to help you in the long run? Uh, but just know that it is a time sink investment. Yep. Try before you buy. Yeah. Highly recommend you find a cheapo. Mayfair's got the F50s, the F250s. I don't remember what it is. It's a $60 stick, but it's really, really good. And I think it's got like an early version of the PCB in there. So that plays on fucking anything. Yeah. It's, uh, I like them. They're fun. They're just fun to fuck around with, with non-fighting games too. Like you mm -hmm. can just play like old arcade games and stuff like that. Like when I use Fightcade, even just like Alien vs. Predator or even games that just aren't fight. Like it's just fun and nostalgic for me. 
to have it. Mm-hmm. But yep. fighting games are definitely really good with a fight stick. Personally, like I believe it's better. I'm terrible at fighting games, but I like having my fight sticks. No, I concur. Uh, that's it for questions. All right. Well, what do you got going on this week? Uh, if work isn't fucking killing me, I need to re-engage with this um this Video. anarchy reigns thing. I need to <laughs> I need to get it out the door because I've got other ideas and things that I want to do. So right. I don't want to shelve this because then it's going to turn out like everything else. So I need I really need to hamper down on this uh anarchy reigns thing. So work permitting, that's what I'm going to be doing. I think yeah, it'd be cool to like maybe work on like a Ledger Dragoon video or something like that. Star Fox. I've been having some thoughts on Star Fox and shit. So that's the name of the video, Star Fox and shit. So. Yes. <laughs> uh, I've got streams. I've got streams on uh, Sunday through Wednesday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time over on twitch.tv slash tornado underscore Jones. Uh, we will be finishing up Shovel Knight. Uh, I'm going to finish up the Plague Knight. I don't know if I'm going to... I want to finish up Plague Knight. I don't know if I'm going to play the other two campaigns this week because I don't want to get burned out on the game as a whole. So mm-hmm. I might shelve it for a little bit, come back to it. Uh recently apparently the ladder had uh the ladder in diablo 2 got reset and uh, a lot of people a lot of friends from the magic community are going to be playing that uh i have it i have physical versions of it i'll just download it onto my pc uh what's great is diablo 2 doesn't go through the blizzard uh uh launcher and shit so i can just download it and have it straight on my desktop but i might Dope. i'm I might play some Diablo 2. I haven't played that in a very, very long time. so And I think we might have pushed uh, the Anarchy. I think we're going to do the Anarchy Reigns this week. We did not have a thrown out. Just in respect of what everything was going, everything that has been going on lately, we wanted to give uh, other voices you know, the platform. And we just didn't feel like Anarchy Reigns was, uh, was uh, tasteful for some of the events that were going on last week. So we decided to hold off on it. But we're gonna do it this week, so. Okay. Uh, but other than that, I don't know. I'm constantly thinking of like I should play that game. I should play this game, and uh, no, oh, that's what I was wanting to do. I might actually start some Nuzlocke challenges. I have okay. not done a Nuzlocke challenge in forever, and I might start. Man, I don't even want to start with the OG game though. I don't want to play the. O- well, I I can play Yellow. And just fuck off a of Pikachu. Now I'd probably play Red. Because I want to pick one of the starters. Do Fire Red. I don't have it. And I could always emulate it, but... Emulate it. I'd like to have it on my... uh, I don't know. I might just... You know what? I might order it from Japan, have the Japanese version, and then download a translation patch. There you go. There there we go. Retro Freak is great. Uh, But yeah, that's all I got going on playing with mac mittens more that's actually what i'm gonna do right after this podcast is over is go play with him some more right on all right take care everyone and be safe be safe and be smart